Hi, and welcome to That's Myrony Podcast. My name's Alicia Myronic, and I am your host and creator of this fun new concept. But first, what exactly is Myrony? Well, Myrony, or my irony, are those crazy coincidences that happen in life that you just can't explain. It's also another word for sign or synchronicity. We've all experienced these throughout our lives. But what if you started paying closer attention to your myronies? What if you started connecting the dots, or as I like to say, follow the spiritual breadcrumbs that could have an impact so big that it changes your life forever, not to mention the lives of others. Now that's myrony. Hi everyone, welcome back to That's Myrony Podcast. I am so excited for my next guest. I know I say it every time, but it's so true. But today I have Blair Kaplan Venables on, where she is an expert in social media marketing. She actually was just listed in Yahoo in 2021 as uh, one of the top 10 social media experts to watch, which is so exciting. She has helped her customers grow their followers into the tens of thousands in just one month. And she is also a uh, national speaker, uh, a best-selling author, and also a fellow podcaster, where she co-hosts the Dissecting Success Podcast. Finally, she has created an online community where users share their stories of overcoming life's most difficult moments through the I Am Resilient Project. I've heard some of Blair's stories already, and wow, she is resilient. And I know through that resiliency, there's been a lot of myronies. So let's go meet Blair and uh, find out more about her. Hi, Blair. Thank you so much for joining me today. I put a little intro in about who you are, and I cannot wait to, as you being a, a podcaster yourself of um, Dissecting Success Podcast. I can't wait to dissect the myronies in your life. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored. You know, we've met many months ago and we're finally making this happen. And I am just so excited to be here. Oh, well, thank you. And I know you have a lot of myronies that have happened in your life which include good, bad, and ugly, you know, and sometimes it's the, it's sometimes those ugly that it's just like, why do these things happen to us? But um, we're going to see, you know, like how, how that all kind of played out for you. But first, I know that you are an expert in the social media marketing and congratulations on being one of the top 10 that Yahoo was saying need to, you know, keep watch of. And so I'm so excited to find out more about that because, you know, I will admit that's one area I need so much help in. I'm just like, how, how do you get yourself out there? You know, so hopefully we can go into that. But I know you're up in British Columbia. Have you always lived in um, it's Pemberton, right? Is that where you're at? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba. So like right in the middle of Canada, really hot summers, really cold winters, but I knew that I was happiest near the ocean and the mountains. Uh So um, when I was in my early twenties, I moved from Winnipeg. I briefly lived in Edmonton, Alberta, and then ended up in Vancouver. 
And I was in Vancouver for a few years, loved, love BC. And then I met my husband and he lived in Pemberton. And so I moved to the village of Pemberton up in the mountains. And I've been here since 2012. So since I'm down in the States, how close is Pemberton to like, say, Vancouver? So it's about a two, two and a half hour drive. Okay. Well, I have to say the pictures you post on your social media are just so absolutely beautiful. And uh, actually, thank you for letting me use them for the inspiration besides, you know, some of the, the posts connected to Myrony. But, um, you know, how did you get into the social media? Like where, like, uh, was that just something you were just naturally, you know, gifted in and that you just enjoyed that so much? And like, how did that all work out? That's a really great question. I, so I went to school in Winnipeg at the University of Winnipeg for public relations, public relations, publicity, the planned effort to influence public opinion through responsible action. Okay. Social media wasn't a marketing tool. When I was in school, I just had Facebook and I only got Facebook because I lived in Greece for the summer and I met a bunch of American college kids who had it. And they're like, yeah, Facebook, we'll share pictures with you. And I'm like, what's Facebook? Like this is the, in the time where like, I didn't have my smartphone with me and I was going to internet cafes to email home. And so I got Facebook when I got back, I finished my PR program and um, I worked for a clothing company, Lululemon Athletica, and I moved across the country with them. But when I was uh, 23, the beginning of the recession in 2008, I wanted to start my own PR company. And I, well, I wanted to do PR and I wasn't able to move up within the organization because I didn't have the experience at Lululemon. Um, so I started my own company, but I didn't know really what I was doing. Like, so it was interesting, but you you know, how I got into social media. So social media just became a tool. And so anytime I was out meeting people, they would say, do you know how to use social media for marketing? Do you know how to use social media for PR? And I would just say yes. And I would figure it out. But how I met so many people and where I really proved my value was that with Lululemon, they gave their staff complimentary yoga and access to, you know, health and wellness organizations. And so I had three and a half years of, you know, free yoga. And so, you know, I'm 23, I'm living in one of the most expensive cities in the world. I leave the company. I'm now an entrepreneur. I'm like, shit, how do I get to yoga? Like, how do I afford yoga? And so I looked for a way to still live my lifestyle at less of a cost. And I couldn't find a way to do that. So I started a coupon company. So I went to all the businesses I wanted to try in the health and wellness space. So travel and spa and art and restaurants and yoga, et cetera. Said, I'm putting together a health and wellness coupon book. Do you want to be involved? And most businesses I approached said yes. <laughs> and long story short, I had a coupon book that evolved over the years to being a online health and wellness community. And so because I innovated and was able to build this organization, um, it was really drawing attention because I was early 20s. Social media was just becoming a thing. So when I would go out and network or meet new people, the conversation always came back to social media marketing. How do you use it for business? What could you do for my business? And so a lot of it was trial and error. And I'm considered a pioneer in the industry. I didn't learn it in school. In fact, right now, these days, I teach social media for business and social media marketing at a local college at BCIT. And the textbooks, you know, from marketing and the stuff that I'm getting, the resources that I'm getting that I don't create, because I have to actually create a bunch of resources, especially mm -hmm. because social media changes so fast. Right. Um, it's so interesting. Like the textbook for intro to marketing is so different than when I took intro to marketing when I was 18. Like the whole world is so different. And now marketing's changing so fast. 
but yeah, social media, I got into it because I guess it was the right place at the right time. Um, I was really reluctant to say, oh, I'm a social media marketer. I was like, no, I do digital PR. I do social media PR. But now I've just really embraced it. And I'm a social media marketing expert and mentor who empowers you to uplevel your social media skills and tell your stories in the digital space. Wow, that's incredible. That sounds like there's some ironies that we're kind of connected to all that too. <laughs> you know, like, did you, so I, I have to ask, you know, do, do you recognize those signs in your life that you're, do you, did you, do you get those intuitive pulls when, you know, something happens and, you, you know, know like, I do now. I haven't had a drink since 2018. Um, being sober, I'm more aware. Hmm. Um, I'm doing a lot of healing through traumas that I've had. Okay. I'm more aware. I'm more in tune. But back then, I wasn't. I was just following my gut. Like I was just doing what I wanted to do and failed a lot, succeeded a lot, did some cool stuff, did some epic shit, made a dollar stretch a month, you know. Had had a lot of money, had no money, had a bunch of side jobs, had no jobs, had to borrow, had, you know, able to lend. I've done it all, but I intuitively, I wasn't really tapped in. And I think in the past couple of years on my healing journey and my sobriety journey, I've really learned to be more intuitive. Yeah. Well, that's why I say with Myrony, like when we discover Myrony, we tap into our inner superpower. When we start paying attention to those external signs and then we start trusting our internal, you know, gut, re or gut feelings, then it literally an action will happen. But it sounds like with everything that you were doing, you were just constantly in action. So you were constantly opening doors for yourself in interesting ways, you know, even though you may not have been as conscious to it but just by being in that action it sounds like you know that's how it, it really led you to where you are now and, and that's that's commendable especially you know at the age you were at you know like awesome so congrats to all of that <laughs> thank you I mean like like I don't own the coupon company anymore and I don't recommend you own it or any coupon <laughs> company um I mean there's a few big players out there and they're great and they're great at what they do. But my company ended up being similar to something like Groupon, mm -hmm. but in the wellness space, it's a lot of work. And I had this epiphany one day where I was like, what am I doing? I just wanted free yoga. I don't want to own a coupon empire. <laughs> and like, did I ever make money? Yes. But I probably spent more money than I made. My mom was my investor. She really helped me build out a proprietary software to run the business. Oh. And I've done a lot of, I did a lot of learning, but that company was what really catapulted me into the business community and opened up a lot of doors, networking, different events, different organizations, things that I would have never known about because I was in my early twenties. All I was doing was folding stretchy pants and partying, like, you know, <laughs> So if it wasn't for me leaving Lululemon and starting my company and doing a lot of falling on my face and learning and trying and just innovating, there's no way I would be where I am today. Right. Well, and that's another way of looking at it. You say you've been doing a lot of, um, you know, healing for yourself. If we haven't gone through those ugly parts of life, you know, it's like, that's how we actually can experience the more beautiful parts in life. Would you, would you agree with that? You know. Yeah. I mean, in the past two years, I mean, I throughout my life have experienced trauma and I, I want to just put a trigger warning out there for anything I say. I'm sorry if it triggers you. There are resources out there to help you. Um, you can reach out to myself or, you know, your a local community services organization. But 
you know, I had a really great upbringing, but I've had a lot of challenges. My parents divorced when I was young. My father lives with addiction, Uh you know, throughout my life, you know, I've been in an abusive relationship. I was homeless. Like I've had stuff happen, but I also had a great education, had a very loving family felt, you know, very supported, have a really great support network, have a lovely husband. But in the two last the last two years, sorry, the last two years, I've had a lot of challenges, but even in the last few months yeah. and what I've learned through going through my challenges and we can dive into whatever you want, but just in hindsight, I always can see a silver lining. Mm-hmm. I always am able to look in that review mirror and see a lesson. Now they're not a huge lesson. Like my mother just passed away in February. What kind of lesson is there? I, I'm not learning a lesson, <clears throat> excuse me from her passing, I'm learning a lesson about how I, how I was able to move through it. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's funny because you and I have a lot of similar ironies in the sense of like, we, I mean, your life, when you were telling me the craziness of your life, I was like, wow, you know, we could have, we, we could just talk about the craziness that have happened in you know, short period of time. It's like, why are our higher selves so hard on us? <laughs> I just, so yeah. And like what, what, what are, where I was going with that before I, I choked on my smoothie <laughs> kernels um, was that because I've been through such hard stuff and I always come out the other side, not only do I know there's always some sort of lesson or something I'm going to carry with me the rest of my life, but also I know I'm always going to get through it. Right. Like I'm always going to get through it and it may take me days, months, weeks, years, you know, and you don't like fully recover from some of this stuff. You just learn to live with it, but I'm doing the work to heal. Right. And because I'm doing that work, I'm able to see the irony. I'm able to see the lessons. I'm able to tap in like, you know, a couple of years ago, would I have been able to see the signs that my mom was around me? No, probably not. I probably would have never thought twice of it, but now things are happening like really wild things where it's a sign that my mother's spirit is with me. Yeah. Oh, well, first off, I'm so sorry for you losing your mom. I mean, you know, after losing both my parents, you know, kind of suddenly and, you know, less than, less than a couple months time, like my heart just goes out to you. But when we do have that higher awareness of like, not that we want to not have our, you know, our parents around, But knowing that there's something so much greater than we can even understand and, you know, in, uh, but if we can uh, potentially adopt this other way of looking at things. So like you said, seeing the signs like that is so to me, that's so comforting because that's what, what happened, you know, for myself too, is that I was like, you would see these signs, you're like, you know, thank you. Thank you for that. And looking at it, you know, from that place of gratitude of like, you know, it's, it's, again, it's not that we'll want to lose anybody, but knowing that there's more than, than, than what we can explain. I had an appointment yesterday with a grief counselor who was also a death doula Uh and it was a really beautiful session and I'm not really ready to talk about it yet, but I do want to talk about something that happened in it. So I, when I was 19, my mother let me get a cat Zena, the warrior pussy. And when I moved away, when I was 21, uh, Zena, the warrior pussy was not allowed to come with me. It was my mom loved her. So I left Zena with my mom and on my mother's deathbed, she told me I have to take Zena. And I was like, oh gosh, mom, like I have two cats. 
Uh-huh. But she wanted me to take Xena. I was like, okay. Like I grinned and bared it. I was like to my husband, Shane, Xena's coming home with us. We're an officially a retirement community for old lady cats, <laughs> a sanctuary for senior cats. Anyways. So in Winnipeg, Xena would always sleep in my arms and my mom's arms. Like she was very cuddly, very snuggly. And she is here, but and like we have a three bedroom place and my, one of the bedrooms is my office and I've made it her room. So it's Aww. our room and she's made herself at home, but I keep trying to get her to come into the master or wait, we're not supposed to call it that anymore. I keep trying to get her to come into our bedroom and our bedroom is where the other cats live. Like they, everyone lives everywhere, but like, that's where they hang out. Uh-huh. And, you know, she's starting to come in, but like every time I pick her up and put her on the bed, she growls and hisses and runs away and she's not into it. And all I want is her to crawl into my arms at night and sleep in my arms. That's all I want. And so while I was at the end of my 90 minute appointment, you know, we were healing energy and doing some really beautiful work and I'm crying a little bit. Zena jumps on the bed and crawled into my arms. Oh, while talking to Chelsea, my, you know, the healer. Yeah. And then we petted, she fell asleep and like, she was like full comfort and like, she, she won't come back in now, but like while on the phone, while channeling, you know, spirit or source or whatever we were doing, Zena felt she was there to comfort me, but she was also there. It was just amazing. Like it was something guided her onto the bed to be with me. And that was for sure a sign that for my mom, like, absolutely. Like how could you, you can't deny it. Like that is goosebumps. Yes. And I highly recommend to the listeners, if you know, um, you want to read a really beautiful book about, uh, about these signs, um, Laura Lynn Jackson, a psychic medium, um, uh, she wrote a book called signs, the secret language of the universe, which I find funny because that's literally what I say myrony is, but you know, don't, not everybody knows that word yet. And hopefully, hopefully Blair, maybe you can help me get it out there more too. <laughs> yeah. We just got to start using it, you know, maybe rewrite Alanis Morissette lyrics. You know, what's really funny <laughs> is I'm trying to get Alanis. I would love to get Alanis Morissette. I actually have a friend who is a drummer who used to play uh, as a drummer for her. And I was like, come on, you can do this. You can have her rewrite this. Or no, you just have Weird Al Yankovic do it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. That would be really funny. Oh my goodness. So many people listening would be like, ooh, wait, who's that? No, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like, it's so funny now being, uh, you know, I'm in my mid forties now. And then it's like looking at like what's considered old is like, oh boy, but. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, but you know, it's it, but it really is, you know, tapping into those beautiful signs. It's like when you, when you see a number sequence or you see an animal that you connect to, or you, you know, you hear a song and you think that that song is playing for you. It's like, you know, to listeners, it's like, pay attention to it. It really may be from, you know, a, a past loved one or, you know, a, a, a higher message that when we start paying attention, we then see there's an additional action, even if it's just acknowledging it and just being of that place of gratitude. So I love the fact that you, that Zena climbed into your arms. It's so beautiful, you know, and it, and I, I also like to say that the myronies that show up during these difficult times, they kind of just make it a little bit easier. You know, it's kind of like, it's, it's still very difficult, but when we see those signs and, um, you know, it's like, I, I like to, I call them spiritual breadcrumbs where, um, you know, when we, when we get a whole bunch of crumbs, it's like, you 
you know, clapping, like they're, they're like, here's, you know, here, we're really all around and, and supporting you. So, um, but I know you've been through, you have been through so much. And I, I mean, I love the fact that you're, you know, you, you do see the silver lining and everything. And, you know, one of the things I think sometimes our higher selves, we choose what we choose because maybe we're also meant to help other people, you know, and I know you've created um, an online community, um, the I Am Resilient Project. How did that come about? So um, my father, who lives with addiction, obviously caused me a lot of heartbreak. He was in and out of my life. And in my 20s, I decided I didn't really want to have that heartbreak anymore. So I mended our relationship forgave him. And we started to develop a really beautiful relationship. And he was able to walk me down the aisle. He's come to visit me from Winnipeg in BC. But at the end of 2018, we learned that he was terminally ill and that he had end stages COPD. And then we learned he had lung cancer. And so I started sharing my story of acceptance, forgiveness, resilience, addiction, our journey um, with people. And it was helping people. Blair, your story is so empowering. I went and made an appointment with a therapist or, you know, I heard your story and I went to forgive my dad. And so I thought, you know what, like we got something big here. Like our story is helping people. Like every time I tell it, I feel like I'm healing and other Uh people are healing from hearing my story from healing, sorry, hearing, hearing tongue twister. (laughs) Other people are healing from hearing our story. And so I said, Hey dad, why don't we publish a book? Why don't we publish a book? We gather, we'll gather stories of resilience. We'll bookend it with my story and your story. And it can be a way to inspire and help people. He's like, okay. And so I thought, okay, well, I need a website. So I built a website and then I, I built social media because that's my world. And I was like, now I need to start collecting stories because how am I going to do it? So I you know, start messaging people and speaking at events and promoting it on social media and stories start coming in. And so for the past two years, we've been collecting stories of resilience from around the world. I believe every story deserves to be told. It can be very cathartic to share your story or when you're in a dark place, reading how other people moved through that challenge is very empowering. So that's why we exist. The I Am Resilient community exists to help people move through life's greatest challenges. And we're just in the process of putting together our first book. And so this, my dad was given two years left to live. He is still alive, which is very myronic. You know, for everything that he's been through and, and what he's going through. Right. But that- also like the fact that he's still alive. But my mother, who was completely healthy, who suddenly passed away and yeah. my father-in-law and like just the things that have happened since my dad's diagnosis. But um, I'd like to we, we want to get the book out in the next few months. But, we're, you know, when I say we my sister works on the project with me, Alana, she's mm-hmm. my project manager. She's also a therapist. So it's great because we have the therapy side and like the marketing side and, you know, we both share this journey and have our own journeys. So, yeah, it's really special. So I believe every story deserves to get told. So any story that comes in gets told on the website and social media. Um, Not every story is going to make it into the first book. But if we start getting lots of stories, maybe we do different volumes, a second book, a third book. I'm not really sure. It's a project. Um, Right. But I do need to rework it because once this first book is out, I think I need to do a bit of a rebrand, not a full rebrand, but I think I need to change it to you are resilient because the universe keeps telling me how resilient I really am because it's I am resilient. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if you're looking for it, it's I am resilient dot info. I invite you to check it out. 
read those stories, submit your own, share it with people who can use it. We have every type of story in there. You know, it it doesn't matter who you are. It can be, you know, someone in New Zealand overcoming an illness or someone, you know, I've shared about my miscarriage. I, you know, you can share anonymously. People of all different backgrounds have shared. Some stories are three sentences and some are 300 words. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Oh, well, I do believe your higher self has put you through what you have so that you could create these, you know, bigger, these bigger messages. You know, that's, that's why I believe my crazy higher self, you know, I, I, I say it's been, I've been, I mean, complete masochist, you know, like <laughs> how much, how much can we take before, you know, we can't take anymore. But then when you hear, you know, stories like that, like, or what you've created around that, that's so beautiful. So I uh, commend you on that too, because, um, you know, it is the most powerful thing I have is, or I believe also is telling our stories and because you never know who's going to hear it and it's going to resonate with them. You Thank know? you. Yeah. I mean, I've had like over the last two years, cause I've spoken on panels, I've done an interview series we were going to launch a podcast, but I've just had too much personal stuff going on and I need to be kind to myself right now, but right. we did an interview series this time last year on Facebook and YouTube, but so I'm not just like telling stories, but on social media, but you know, I'm speaking at events on social media, like on other people's social medias on podcasts. And I get a lot of feedback that our stories, the stories told in the community or my story has helped people. And I do believe I was put on this earth to be of service and to help people. And that is one of the ways that I'm able to move through some of these challenges and strengthen my resilience muscle. It's knowing that my story might help someone because You know, I've had, I had a social worker reach out to me, tell me that my story helped one of their students whose father lives with addiction. My friend um, told me the other day that she was sharing who I am and my story with one of her girlfriends and her girlfriend decided to leave her husband and realized how short life was and was inspired by me. Like, that's amazing. Like if I could help people live a better life or move through something super dark, I want, I want to help. And do I need credit or for it? No. I just want to know that I, I'm helping people. Yeah. If you want to talk about it, great. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm, I'm totally doing this. Like my, my career is social media marketing. Like that right. is where I can make my money. But this is a passion project. I believe in giving back ever since my bat mitzvah. I've always believed in giving back, donating time and or money if I can. Um, you know, I worked at, um, I volunteered at an old person's home with family, with people who didn't have families. Um, I volunteered with Ovarian Cancer Canada, raising awareness and funds for them. I've helped bring a refugee family to Pemberton. I've helped the women's business conference. And right now my pro bono, my, you know, my extra energy that I normally would dedicate to other organizations is dedicated to the I'm Resilient Project community. Oh, that's so beautiful. It, I, I am, I am kind of amazed at the level of the, the, the myronic connection between you and I of like, you know, even in the sense of um, like, I, I told you I'm doing a compilation book, you know, called got myrony life is good. And want you know, for you to have your story, one of, one of your myronic stories, you know, in it, because it is sharing, you know, this, um, you know, with myrony, it's just bringing this greater awareness that so many of us don't recognize. And so, um, yeah, all I keep saying is your higher self, you went through what you went through so that you can create these bigger things. And, you know, because truthfully, unless we go through it, we don't truly understand it. 
now do yeah, we want to go know, through it you know <laughs> and I you know I have had a couple of friends connect with me saying wow Blair you've been through so much like mm-hmm. my life's so boring well I, I don't think that's boring. Like, you know, I don't wish some of the stuff upon me to anyone else. Like, it'd be great if I had nothing to talk about. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's when I would start baking bread. Like, I mean, I just kidding. I hate baking and cooking. <laughs> I would never. But, you know, everyone started booking, baking sourdough last year. Everyone's like, do you bake sourdough? I'm like, no, like we definitely ate a lot of cookie dough. We, we made a lot of cookie dough. Like my husband was great. I'd be like in the bath and he'd bring me cookie dough to eat. <laughs> And it's funny, every time we make a batch of cookie dough, we probably only make five cookies and we eat the rest. I know it's gross, but that's how that's Oh who no, I I I think cookie dough is better than the actual cookies too. Like they're <laughs> so um so to to kind of switch things around. Okay, so it sounds like you have a, a great um relationship with your with your husband did you is there by any chance any irony of how you guys connected and if you hear weird noises in the background I don't know what he's doing but something something weird <laughs> I don't hear anything so it's okay. all it's all good but <laughs> oh I man um how did we meet well I like online dating mm-hmm. and I met him on plenty of fish well you but, know okay oh, that's not even it because I was like ah you live in Pemberton, two and a half hours from downtown Vancouver. You have a ponytail. I don't have a car. How's this going to work? And he was persistent and nice. But like one day he messaged me and he was like, we have mutual friends. I'm like, no, we don't. I'm from Winnipeg. I live in Vancouver. You're from Kamloops. You live in Pemberton. Like, no, no way. But his best childhood friend was dating my best childhood friend for three and a half years. Okay. That is my irony. And what I said was I, the next guy I date, cause I came out of an abusive relationship with an alcoholic, mostly verbal and I got physical and I left. Um, but I, um, I said to the universe, the next guy I date is going to be the nicest guy in the world. Like I want the nice, I need someone super nice. And so when, when my friends, the and Adam both said, Oh, Shane's the nicest guy in the world. I said, okay, Shane, let's meet. He's like, I'm like, make some plans with Adam and I'll, I'll meet you. And then we started off as friends and he was pretty persistent and we, you know, took it slow because, well, we don't live in the same city, but eventually I moved to Pemberton, you know, we fell in love, moved to Pemberton. We've been married almost four years together, almost 10. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm so glad I asked that question because yes, that's an absolute beautiful irony of how you guys connected because what are the odds, right? You know, right. Like I think, Yeah. Because like, if it wasn't for Adam, it wasn't for him looking at Facebook and seeing pictures of me and Adam. Uh-huh. And he didn't tell me, I probably would have never met him. Because to right. me, that was too much effort. Yeah. Yeah, And seriously. it was worth it. It was worth it. Like, he was patient with me. He was kind. We had a lot of fun. We hung out for months, became friends. He asked me on a date to a rock show. I kissed Aww. him at the rock show. Like, it was, it was very cute. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so cool. I absolutely love that. That, uh, I love hearing, I love hearing stories where, you know, it really is by, it's, it's not by chance. It's like this divine design, but then there is that action because we have free will of what we're going to do about it. So the fact that you're like, okay, that's a little too crazy not to check out because again, what are the odds? you know? So, so I know you have, um, your podcast, 
Dissecting Success. So what is your podcast all about? So a little background. So I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. I'm a best-selling author. You know, I wrote a book called Pulsing Through My Veins. And um, where I live now, a lot of people are more recreational. Like, you know, they like to like bike and ski and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love it. That's great. But I'm very like, I take that same adrenaline, but it's in my business. Like I, my sport is entrepreneurship. I love it. And um, there are amazing entrepreneurs out here, but they're, they're kind of, hidden. And I met this one lady, Teresa Lambert, and because I was working um, for a woman's business conference at a hotel that she was the GM for. And Mm -hmm. we just kind of clicked. We would, you know, every so often go for coffee dates and catch up. And we sort of became business friends. And right when the pandemic started, she actually left her GM role and she wanted to write a book. And I just was in the process of finishing my book. So I, you know, helped her get started on that. And we just kind of became like basically like pen pals, like Zoom pals, because the whole world shut down and we started to become like really close. But we were having these are really these really deep and meaningful conversations about success. Like, what does success mean? Like she took a seven figure business to eight figures and then left to start her own coaching business. Oh, wow. And because it wasn't her business she was building. She was building a hotel and she was right. burnt out. And then there's me who like, I've had my business for 13 years while sometimes having jobs. I've learned a lot of lessons, you know, and around that time I left an opportunity because of anti-Semitism, and I walked away from a significant amount of money at the beginning of a pandemic. It was really scary and sad and all the things. And so we just kind of connected and we had these convers. we have a, we had a conversation. Then we had another conversation and we were having these conversations. I said, Teresa, these are too good to keep to ourselves. Like, let's start a podcast. <laughs> let's start a podcast talking about success. We awesome. can talk about ourselves. You can come up with a topic. And like today, our episode just dropped about hustle culture, hustle, hustle culture is dead. You know, we, whatever we talk about, sometimes we're just having a coffee and laugh and something comes up and we're like, that should be a topic. Or we meet someone like that, that person could be a guest. And so we decided let's do it. We started recording last year. We launched it in January. Um, As of today, recording date with you, we have 16 episodes out. It comes out every Tuesday and we dissect success. What is it? Can you put it in a box? Can you, you know, can you make it yourself? Can people take it away from you? We basically just talk about all the different aspects that come up about success. Um, And it's so much fun because it was a passion project. It wasn't like, I'm going to build a podcast and then launch coaching business. It was, hey, we're talking about this anyways. Let's record it and put it in people's heads. Right. That's awesome. Well, it's, uh, I, I, I mean, I love the fact of, you know, podcasts where it can just be a really cool conversation and people are just kind of listening in, you know, it's like, like today, I had no like idea this. what we were going to talk about. Yeah. Just knew we we're going to, you know, bring up the ironies in our lives. <laughs> and you know what, with dissecting success, I've had a lot of feedback about people really enjoying it. And they feel like they're sitting in a room with me and Teresa and, I've had a couple comments saying how brilliant it is. And I say, yeah, we just pick a topic. We don't plan out what we're going to say at all. We just like, let's talk about like the hustle culture um, is dead topic. That's not what the topic was when we started. The topic we started was like being busy, like, like how it's toxic and we didn't want to be busy anymore. And, you know, we just talked about that and the conversation just became what it is. And that's how it is. It's not scripted. We don't sit there with a writer or write out what we're going to say ahead of time. It's an organic conversation just like this. People want to hear that. Absolutely. Like I'm not Jennifer Aniston. I'm not memorizing lines. I'm being Blair. (laughs) 
Yes. Wow. And and you, Blair, are so fabulous. So I just love I just I just love our connection now. Seriously. I know I know there's so much, you know, greater things that we both want to do in the sense of really trying to be of service to others, you know, and and helping where we can. So and I just want to say you have been of service to me during, you know, the past couple traumas I've been through. And I think, you know, the myronic part of this is when you came into my life or when I came into yours, however you want to look at it, you have been a guiding light to me. And so thank you so much for that. And, you know, you're the real deal. So, you know, if you've been following along with her and you want to work with her, I, you know, she tells me to read a book. I read it. I read the book (laughs) one live, many, wait, one soul, many masters. I like is that what it many, is? Many lives, many masters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can never remember. There's many. And, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be going into more of that, you know, because that's all I want to do is I want to take people where it took me, oh, my goodness, 15 plus, you know, 15 years of my life just being in turmoil. And I want to show how we can streamline it in a matter of weeks versus, you know, that being stuck on that merry-go-round because it doesn't change what happens but it just gives us a greater perspective. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that because I will admit my spidey sense, my, um, you know, what I, I call my intuition, my, my spiritual spidey sense was like, you need to reach out to Blair. And it was so funny because I would see your name and, you know, in all the groups and nothing was speaking. I was like, why, you know, I was like, she seems super cool, but why am I not feeling called to reach out? And so then when I was, I mean, yeah, talk about a little bit of kind of divine timing. You know, it's not necessarily on our time. It's that divine time. So, so thank you for that. Um, I am so curious now, going back to the social media, how the heck do you take a client to build ten, you know, tens of thousands of followers in a month? How does that happen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of aspects in there. Like, are you a startup who just came on social media. Are you a world recognized brand? Right. Do you have a budget? There's a lot of different aspects to that. And, um, you know, over the years it's changed how you grow social media followings have changed. Um, but you know, a good way to grow is, well, the, the most important thing is that you need to know that there's no overnight success. Yeah, there's no overnight success. You got to plant a seed. You got to water it. You got to give it sunshine. You got to water it. You got to be consistent. You got to. And, you know, I I keep giving this advice recently and it's just really resonating with me. But you need to be real and not just putting up the good stuff. You know, use your, you know, on Instagram, use your story to let people into what your life is like. And I think we we are moving away from such a polished feed and from such a polished look because we have been through the sh- we've been through the grinder the whole world and i think when you build those authentic connections that's when your social media grows certain things work better than others i've spent a lot of time recently on the social media app clubhouse which is still in beta it's for iphone only i think android's coming soon but anytime i'm in a room whether i speak or moderate not only do my followers grow on clubhouse but my followers grow on instagram my followers uh-huh. my connection requests on uh, linkedin grow my Twitter followers grow. So, uh, you know, where are you that's going to help your followers grow? Like what work are you doing? And I don't think you need to be so hooked on the amount of followers. It's about quality, not quantity. 
I have a lot of followers, but a lot of people aren't engaged. Uh-huh. You know, like sometimes I have a lot of, a lot of success, but sometimes I don't. And, you know, the number is great. Like I have t- over 23,000 followers on Instagram. I've helped yeah. clients get to, you know, 12,000, 15,000, 25,000, but it only matters if the people that are connected to you are engaged. Right. So, but how to do it? I mean, I don't, contests are good if they're very specific, like not just like enter to win a draw, but you know, you can do contests. Like one of my clients, we gave away a trip for two and two custom sets of golf clubs. And it was a very high value prize. Oh yeah. But I mean, it was very niche. People who entered were people who liked golf, right? It wasn't just give me your name and I'll send you a gift card for a hundred dollars. Like, you know, so, I mean, if you're looking to grow your list fast and have not as many qualified leads, you can do a simple draw and give away Visa gift cards or Amazon gift cards or whatever. But, um, you know, contests are a great way to grow your list if you do it properly. Um, but, and I, you know, I just think that people don't need to be so worried about how many followers they have. I think they need to worry about the content they're putting out. I've stopped being, ever since I stopped being so worried about my followers growing and shrinking and growing and shrinking, cause that's how it is. Right. And I'm just focusing on the content I'm putting out and adding value. My followers are growing. But what would you say about the algorithms? Because you only can reach so many people when you're. Well, it depends on what your goals are. I mean, social media is pay for play. Right. So if you have something specific, you're advertising like a lead magnet or a course or a book, you're going to want to run ads. Yeah. You're going to want to run ads. Also with social media, when they put out new features, Use the new features like Instagram wants you to use reels. Right. So if you put out a reel, like, for example, I was going to put up a video of horses, but instead I made it a reel with some music and it got legs. It had traction. It probably did better than if I would have just put it up as a video. You know, what what are you going to do on social media and can you use the new features? Um, That's just what other marketers are saying. That's what I've noticed. Do I put up tons of reels? No. Some people only put up reels. But the biggest thing is being consistent. Like if you can post three times a week, post three times a week. If you can post once a day, post once a day and not just post. Don't post and ghost. Don't post. (laughs) You need to engage. You need to be an engaged follower. Engage when you can engage before you make a post. After you make a post, I engage throughout the day. I share other people's content. You know, if you're going to share an image from someone else's feed to your feed on Instagram, ask for permission and give them credit. But we have so much content at our fingertips. There is no, nothing. There's no one that should. Let me start that again. You shouldn't have a problem finding content to post. There is an endless amount of content there. There's an endless amount of content at your fingertips. Right. And, you know, think about who your ideal customer is. What type of content do they want to see? Don't tell them that they should buy your product. Tell them stories. Tell, don't sell. Yeah. Be real. Let them in. People do business with people they like, know, and trust. So how are you going to build that? Right. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, my goal is mm. just to have this fun little word of myrony in everybody's word, like selfie and just having a new form you, of content. To so share. maybe you want to do a contest, maybe pair up with another brand and have people like have people use it in a sentence, kind of like a Mad Libs style. Remember Mad Libs? Oh, my goodness. Why oh. don't you do some sort of fun like Instagram story Mad Libs where you like Explain what Myrony is and have people fill it out like a Mad Libs. Okay, Blair, you and I will have to we'll have to <laughs> chat more because, you know, it's like 
I just, I just know, you know, the whole concept with irony, take out the I out of the irony, you know, it's your, it's my personal irony, but we take out the I because it's not about I, it's about we and something so much greater, whatever it is that people want to connect to, but just recognize, you know, it's outside of just ourselves. So, you know, we'll definitely have to have a conversation there, but I know you have, will you share the beautiful, beautiful Myronic story that you told me in the hospital that was connected to? Oh yeah. So my husband is fine now, but uh, October, 2019, he had a heart attack and quadruple bypass surgery. And it was really intense. We're both young and, um, his mom and dad came down from where they live and we were all in Vancouver because that's where the hospital is. You know, I was living out of a suitcase for three weeks and beside his bed from the minute he woke up till the minute he went to sleep. Anyways, a few months before my grandfather passed away and Zeta Jack, Zeta's Yiddish for grandfather. It was a really hard time for me. Like he was old. He died on Shane's birthday on the way home from the funeral. We got in a car accident and I got a concussion. I didn't have a chance to heal. I cleared my schedule. Uh-huh. The day I cleared my schedule, Shane had his heart attack. So I didn't really have a chance to recover from losing my grandfather, who was like my father, um, the brain injury, and then the Shane, the Shane trauma happened. And so we were in the hospital for two weeks before he got into his surgery. And during his surgery, his parents left and I was like, I'll stay, like, I'll hang out. And I want to be here when he comes out. And, you know, I was in the cafeteria watching This Is Us and I ate some candy corn because it's Halloween and I like candy corn. And people were messaging me like, I can't believe you're by yourself. Like, are you okay? And like, it was the most calm I felt the entire time I was there. Like, I felt like relieved. I felt comforted. I felt okay. You know, eventually the cafeteria closed. We're getting close to 8 p.m. I somehow managed to wander to where he was, like the surgery area. I didn't even know there was a waiting room there, but I found a nice waiting room and it was like down a hallway, down a hallway through some doors. Like, I don't know how I got there because I, I just, I, the hospital was like a maze. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. And so I haven't really talked to anyone except for someone in the cafeteria when I saw a mouse, which was gross, but I haven't physically like talked to anyone in five hours and in comes this lady to the waiting room. And it's just me in the waiting room panicking because her husband got rushed in. He had a massive heart attack while getting an angiogram and she got, they, got, they got flown in from up north and um, like northern BC. And they were um, he was on the table getting surgery. And so I calmed her down. I was like, I've been here for two weeks. Like you're in good hands. Like, I, you know, we talked for 20 minutes. I calmed her down. And I said to her, what's your name? She's like, oh, it's it's Zeta. Yeah. And I, I smiled and I, I'm Blair. And a couple couple days later, once our husbands were able to get out of bed, I told her the story and we hugged. And I said, I hope I never see you again. And she said, I hope I never see you again. Oh, that. my God. I just love that. And, you know, and I have the, the myronic connection of, of Jack because that was my dad's name. And so, you know, it's uh, and and so much of my story was around a hospital, too, if, uh, you know, where I was born, engaged and married in the same hospital. Like, that's yeah, that's crazy. But engaged at a hospital. (laughs) Tell me what happened. Okay, so uh, it it was um, my father became terminally ill where he was diagnosed with hard bone cancer, um, where two months before he thought he had the flu. And he ended up having small cell lung cancer, never smoked a day in his life. So, you know, it was uh, and I also knew he was going to just let himself go. 
he was totally of the mindset of just like, I've lived a, I've lived a great life. I'm not going to, I just want to be comfortable. And I believe that when we get to that place, we can let ourselves go very quickly because I, I got to witness it twice actually with my parents. But the thing was, is that um, I was his, you know, only daughter, total daddy's little, you know, daddy's girl. And um, his younger sister, my aunt, I was crying to her about how he, how um, he wouldn't be at my wedding one day. And, you know, I was with this guy, we're going to call him Matt. And I was with him, you know, for, I mean, at that point, two and a half years, now longer than that, I guess. But, um, and, you know, we talked about marriage, but um, I was a general manager at this restaurant. So just really busy. He was a chef. And so, you know, just planning a wedding was like, just not going to happen. And um, she's like, well, wh why don't you get married? And I was like, I can't get married. And I was like, wait a second, why can't you get married? So in the hospital that I was born in, I'm calling Matt down at the restaurant we met at. And, um, and I'm like, you want to get married next Sunday? And that's how I got engaged. Did you get married in the hospital too? So then that's what's even crazier. And so, you know, this, this story I, I tell more in, um, actually I did a dedication to my parents in episode five of, of my podcast that shares this story, you know, much deeper, deeper, great tip, greater detail. That was, did not come out right. Tongue <laughs> twister, as you said before. Um, and so I, this happened on a Saturday, um, Sunday kind of took a day of rest. And then, you know, Monday off to the races, like, how are we going to plan a wedding in six days? Well, the first wedding dress I tried on was a dress of my dreams. The shoes were the last pair of my size. I had two dress fittings that week. Everything, like three hours with lunch was everything was taken care of. And, um, but even down the day before, um, it was on August 21st, back in 2004, it was torrential downpour. Now, the irony is, is that the restaurant that I met, you know, my future husband, it was actually called 821. And so I always say on August 21st, um, I challenged God because uh, everybody's like, what are you going to do? Because it was going to be in the courtyard of this hospital was the reception, you know, get married in the chapel and have this reception in the courtyard. And I said, if there truly is a God, he will not take this away from my father. And at that time, I was a total universe girl. I never would say the word God. It was the weirdest. I, I don't know where it even came from, except it's part of my journey. Um, but, you know, it was like I say on August 21st, I challenged, challenged God. And on August 22nd, God showed up because the next day this was outside of New York City. So it should have been hot, humid after a rain like that. There was not a drop of rain, not a cloud in the sky, no humidity. It was in the mid 70s. It was unheard of that day. But it was there, you know, had that day. So my dad, you know, could be we could have that celebration. And then he literally passed away one week to the time that we got married a week later. Wow. Yeah, that's just, that's, that's the opening to, you know, my, my crazy, my ironic story, but, you know, I, I represent God is love with an awesome, awesome sense of humor through my logo here of Winky. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like if somebody's going to bring this word to the world, they have to have some crazy stories, right. You know, so, um, so, you know, then my life takes a really interesting twist, but I truly believe, you know, I mean, went through a horrible divorce, you know, all this, I mean, this craziness, 
but I believe my higher self chose all these things because, you know, my marriage was never meant to last. I had to go back to being myronic. You know, my married name wasn't myronic. I had to go back to being myronic to bring myrony to the world. So, you know, I accept it all, but I really did. I felt like I witnessed a miracle that day. And so that's when I started recognizing these signs. But then it was through when I was going through the tragedies that then these signs would keep showing up. And then it wasn't until years later that I realized that this was a universal word for everyone. And I was like, this needs to be shared with the world. And one day I'll get it out there, but I had no idea how I was going to do it. So I love doing it on this podcast. <laughs> I love it. I think that's brilliant. Well, I will admit, you and I, we would love to have some more, you know, private conversations like, help me get this word out there because I just want people to be able to know, you know, know what it is. But I mean, I just love like when you just told that story about, you know, your grandfather, like, and like, what are the odds of that? You know, that is so beautiful. How does that happen? But see, somebody could hear that story and then they could have had a story like that, you know, and what I want to do is get people to start sharing that on social media and having people connect that way. So, yeah, uh, well, we can talk offline. And if you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, Blair, I want your help too. You can connect with me at blairkaplan.ca. Probably yes. the link in the bio, in the bio um, or the show notes, my links will be there, but yeah, we should definitely have a conversation offline about how to get that word out there. No, well, I appreciate it. I was just about to say, you know, I mean, after that beautiful myronic story, I was like, we should just, I think we'll end with that. And, you know, who knows, have you back on in the future, but how can people connect with you? It will all be in the show notes, but what's the best way for people to connect and work with you? Yeah. I mean, I'm everywhere on social media, but you can connect with me on my website, blairkaplan.ca, B-L-A-I-R-K-A-P-L-A-N.ca. All my social media links are there. I'm very active on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Clubhouse, um, but yeah, just connect with me on my website and, oh, also I have a little giveaway, um, on my website. If you want a free social media checklist. So what should you do every day, every week, every month on social media, you can go to my website and, um, you can grab that social media checklist there. So. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, Blair, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for, for just, you know, being so I mean, truly raw in, you know, some of the things being shared, because I think it's that rawness and that, that authenticity, you know, that's how, that's how uh, others are able to connect and, you know, just being so um, open and, you know, there is a level of vulnerability too, but it's so, I just want you to know, it's so embraced from a place of like just beauty and grace and, you know, just being this uh, beacon of light and, you know, always seeing always seeing that silver lining. So, so thank you so much. And, um, you know, definitely everybody you, you want social media, you need help. Well, just, <laughs> just talk, I mean, anything with what Blair was saying, like, holy geez, there's so many different avenues able to, you know, go down with you. So just connect with her. And, uh, again, just thank you yeah. so much for being with me today, Blair. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to future conversations. And if anyone's listening and they want to be empowered on social media, I can't wait to connect with you. Wonderful. Thanks again. And to listeners, I'll see you next time. Thank you all for joining me on That's Myrony Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Myronic story shared today. 
and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle, but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life, just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's myrony.com where you can share your unbelievable myronies. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard and can take a moment to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform, it would mean so much because that is how others are able to find this podcast. Finally, please also tell your friends and family about Myrony because wouldn't it be fun to see people share their Myronies on social media in addition to their selfies? And remember, If something happens that makes you say, well, that's ironic, it's not ironic at all. It's Myronic. Now that's Myrony. See you next time.